Welcome to the What If Podcast. Uh, your host tonight are gonna be, uh, God damn it, uh, Spencer, Worth Davis, and uh, Ryan Crapperett. <laughs> hey, buddy. Oh, what's up, dude? Hello, my good fellow. What's up, what's up dude? Hello, my good fellow. How what's happening? How are you, sir? Oh, I'm great. Feel like it's been, oh, 10 or 12 million years since we've done one of these. Yeah, two weeks? Yeah, a couple weeks. Dos semanas. We traveled. I nearly perished. It was a thing. It got bad there for a minute. I mean, bro, you didn't see it. You should have seen it. I heard about it. Actually, I'm glad you didn't see it. It was not. Heard about it. It was not pretty. (laughs) You heard me. It wasn't pretty for anyone. Sorry, y'all. I'm gonna still sound a little raggedy today. It's okay. I'll just like auto tune you and put some nice reverb. Oh yeah, smooth me out a little bit. Ryan's tea painting this shit from a cave tonight. Can you uh can you run me through the old like Morgan Freeman filter mm. and have me just sounding Only if you occasionally comment on what the, the penguins are doing. <laughs> oh sure. Hmm. I sh- you know what I should have looked up. I should have looked up famous Morgan Freeman movie quotes mm. and just said Morgan Freeman esque things throughout the show. Sure. And I, then, I feel like if you improvise it, it'd probably be better anyway. And then you would have had to guess which things were Morgan Freeman quotes or actual reactions to things we're talking about. I feel like that would be very easy to figure out. Um, thank you all for listening to last week's LA show. We hope y'all, uh, well, first of all, thanks everybody who came out to the LA show. True, true, uh, true. We haven't had a chance to tell you that via this channel. Um, and then thanks everybody for listening. We hope y'all dug listening to a live show and, uh, yeah, it was a super fun room and a fun time. And we hope y'all had fun with a little bit of a different episode, our holiday spooktacular. Uh, things are getting spookier now, man, because it's friggin' fucking dark at 4.30 in the afternoon. Bro. I'm not used to it, man. My whole, what, are we do- what are we doing? My clock's all goofed What up. are we doing? <laughs> Being here, you mean? Yeah. It's like six degrees today. It got fucking pitch black at 4.30 p.m. <laughs> like, what? Mm-hmm. Why don't we live where a beach is? Mm. Mm. <laughs> if you, the, if you have a beach. My dog loves it. Oh, really? Because mine's nothing, the opposite. He loves nothing else. Nothing more than just laying outside in the snow. My, well, okay, my dog is an Akita Husky mix, so she loves being in the cold, but what she doesn't love is the dark because she gets real scared and then she runs away from stuff. So mm. I like can barely walk her at night because she's like, what was that? What was that? What was that? And then she yeah. just wants to go home. She's like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> this isn't I'm fun. I'm a daytime dog dad. This isn't fun for me anymore. Daytime dad dog's ghost blog. <laughs> Going to win a daytime Emmy. Oh, um, God, I hope so. God, that'd be great. I hope we win. I hope we win one award at some point we in our podcasting careers. Absolutely will not. Because... It will just make this whole thing even funnier if someone awards us for something. Um, speaking of us not having done this for a while, I feel like we have, speaking of 10 to 12 million of things. An aggressive amount of voicemails. 10 to 12 million voicemails in our backlog. So here's the thing. Yes, sir. When you're not here to talk to me on the Patreon episodes. Yes, sir. I just say stuff and then get lonely because no one responds. And then I ask the listeners to call us about things mm. instead. And a lot of them followed through. So we'll see if... Uh, any of these are relevant. If if anybody said those type things? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we'll just start at the top. <laughs> Sick. Hi, it's Liz from Massachusetts. Um, I've been listening to the podcast for about six months. Thanks, I Liz. I out of three episodes and subscribe to the Patreon. Yeah. And I stumbled across your episode where you're talking about the Danny Philippides guy. And in okay. psychology... So that's a thing I missed. I'm sorry. (laughs) Denny Phillips fetus. Is that what she said? Wait, I thought this was a thing that you had in a private conversation with our listeners. I mean, I heard Danny Phillips fetus guy. Yeah. There's a feet. Wow. Y'all, when we tell you we don't (laughs) retain the things we talk about on the show, we are not lying to you. What what the the fuck? fuck? There's actually a type of amnesia. Uh, I forget if it's rogue or fugue amnesia, but people will completely forget everything, and they kind of just go about life, but in a very strange way, and there's been a lot of times where people have ended up 
thousands of miles from where they originated. A fugue state. Oh, was this maybe the guy who disappeared in New York when he was skiing and showed up in California a couple weeks later? Why'd you call him a fetus guy? <laughs> I don't think she said fetus. Oh, we just misheard that? Yeah. Mm. Well, I'm, that's my hypothesis for now. Ski, ski, skiing. Skeetus? Skeetus. <laughs> Geetus? Was it a mm. Geetus reference? And a lot of these, know. like, David Politis freaky disappearances really seem like they could be that because mm. it's mostly induced by stress or a TBI. And I think that in Dramatic a lot brain of these cases, it seems like these people are either stressed or really smart, which can make someone very stressed. Preach. She just says smart people are more stressed. Yeah, that's how I feel all the time. <laughs> feel too smart, and it freaks wow. me out. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the angle we're going with. No, the the joke is that we're not smart <laughs> on this show. <laughs> I haven't been stressed in years. Or I wish. Oh, that'd be awesome. Have a possibility of having hit their head on something. So it was just something that I kind of thought would make sense. Um, Love the podcast and keep doing what you're doing. So let's assume maybe. Thanks, Liz. Bye. Love you. Uh, Let's assume maybe she was talking about the disappearing skier guy. Yes. Whose name I don't remember, obviously. I don't either. That would make sense if you like smashed your head skiing and then took a cross country trip. It probably seemed like the right thing to do at the time. And then also didn't have a recollection of how you got across the country in those two weeks or whatever. Or he, or why you made the decision to go across the right. country in the first place. Right. Yeah. Just compelled to go to the beach, man. I get it. What episode did we talk about that guy on? I don't fucking know. Okay. A so, previous one? A previous. <laughs> as discussed on a previous episode of the What If podcast. Um, we need a wiki or something like that that could be searchable where everybody like... All the topics we talk about are in the wiki. We're going to need a few more listeners for that. We're going to need some help. (laughs) We're going to need some help. Uh, All right, here's another one. Hey, what if, guys? This is Tucker from Iowa City. I've called before. Love you guys so much. Hi, Tucker. I'd like to share this with you because I was out in the woods the other day, and I managed to get the weirdest recording. So I'm going to play it for you right now. Yes. And just let me know what you think. I, I, you really freaked me out. Okay, it it, it goes like this. I'm nervous. Oh my god. Good job. Great job. <laughs> Holy friggin' shit, buddy. Uh yeah, man. You you definitely caught some some squatches getting after it. You fucking nailed it, bro. Mm-hmm. I feel like there were some I don't think I can hear that again immediately right after that, but I'll listen to it later. Did you hear some frequencies outside of the range of human hearing? Uh, no, that but can it, only be made by Sasquatches. No, but it definitely sounded like Tucker embedded some words in his uh squatch impression mm. throughout the process there. And I'm not entirely sure if there was a baked in message that we missed. Wow. God bless you guys. I fucking have I told you guys that we love you uh, lately? Have I told you? I can't sing that. Um, (laughs) The real talk, though, that's a pretty good emulation of exactly how the fucking Sierra Bigfoot sounds sounded. Yeah, weird. It's almost like it's really easy to just make those sounds as a person. I mean, I'm not going to say it's easy because I could never do what Tucker just did. I am going to say, though, that like it's very doable by by uh, humankind because because Tucker's made it so for us. Um, we got a call from the number one, one, zero, 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 zero. I hope it's weird. <laughs> I hope it, I hope the message matches the number. The What If Podcast. Great up, bitches. Hi, it's Amber calling from the UK. It's not your typical drunk US fat boy. Same for you, love the podcast. You get me through. Long sessions of washing up, cleaning. Uh, 
Amber from the UK, we love you, but can, I don't think we can hear what you're saying. Can we? Is there a way? Uh, there's like a lot of stuff that's just cutting out. Sorry. Love you. Mm. <laughs> All um, right. Thank you for calling oh. from the UK. Try it again. Yo, this is important. Hey, my name is Gabriel. Uh, I just started listening to your show. Thanks, Gabriel. I just listened to the glitter one, and it struck me. Uh, a large consumer of glitter is kind of horrifying, but I think it might be food, specifically candy and soda. You know, think about it. They want to make their stuff look good. They want you to buy it. Fucking think it. about it, Ryan. Kind of goes back. If to you like thinking? The whole, if you uh, fucking think about it, you know, finding water thing. We like shiny stuff because we're trying to find water. You put it in soda, and there you go. People want to drink more soda. Anyways, uh, just had that thought. Thought I'd share it with you. Thanks for the show. Bye. Thanks for weighing in. That's actually pretty topical because there's a bit of an update yeah, on can, the glitter episode. We can say conclusively that you are wrong. Yeah, but also we can say <laughs> conclusively so were we. we were wrong too. Yeah, it's not just about you. It's about we were all wrong. There. Uh, so it's actually additionally topical because the uh, the podcast that cracked the case is the same podcast that we referenced in the Gitas episode who, who cracked the Gitas case. Shout out to the uh, Reddit NPR combo podcast Endless Thread, which if you're not it's, listening to, you should. It's really good. It's pretty good, yeah. It's w- um, W-B-U-R. W- yeah. W-B-U-R. They're in, they're in Boston. Um, so what they did was they caught the same, well article slash reddit thread around the glitter conspiracy that we broke down on that episode that we did an episode around and they went further in down the investigative journalism rabbit hole to try to get to an answer and the conclusion they came up with on the episode should i spoil it yeah sure okay if you don't want to know the conclusion they come to and you want to listen to the episode hit the 15 seconds ahead go bump ahead uh but the the conclusion that they come to is that it is uh boats boat manufacturers creating um glossy shiny boat hull paint uh boat holes hull mm, hole like like, Brett, bo- like Brett like or Brett. bobby got it um boat holes so uh, i don't i don't understand why that would need to be secretive though i haven't listened to the episode yet so uh, i'm assuming they discussed that yeah so i listened to it the reason so keep the, skipping ahead skippers yeah keep skipping ahead the, the reason <laughs> that, that they reference, <laughs> oh god damn it <laughs> oh, i'm leaving i'm out i'm done for the day um what they say is it's not necessarily about the the buyer or the item itself that makes them want to be secretive the this the secret itself is significantly more pedestrian but the reason that they want to be so secretive about it they hypothesize is because it's good for business because if they tell so let's say you're a glitter manufacturer and mm-hmm. 65% of your money comes from the boat industry well if other glitter manufacturers learn that they just go oh mm. okay I didn't know that was such a big market. You start losing business. I'm going to go to every boat manufacturer in the country, selling my glitter products for 80% of what they're buying them for yeah. now, and all of a sudden we lose 65% of our business to all these other companies. So the way they make it sound is like there's very obvious products. Like, yes, we sell fucking shit that shows up in Michael's. Yes, we mm-hmm. sell glitter that shows up in whatever kids toys and star Wars toys or whatever. But in terms of like pure volume and where the money's really made, they don't want to expose those types of things because if they did, their customers would get poached. They open themselves up to more competition. Exactly. And then there's a race to the bottom on prices and all that stuff. Mm. So it's an interesting take. I don't know. There, there's a lot of the, um, in the glitter episode, we talk about a lot of the hypotheses that got raised in that both on the New York times, uh, comment section, as well as in the Reddit thread. And, there's a handful of them in there that they kind of just dismiss where they're like, nah, like, like almost literally they go like this. Nah. And it's like, wait, but did you like, did you really research it? Or are you, do you have any examples? Do you remember? Um, like one of them was, uh, like the food one, actually they're like Mm. food. No, that's not it. Something else. And I'm like, well, wait, like you can't just say that. I might need a little bit more. It. Yeah. And maybe they did do research that led them to the conclusion. I mean, I never thought food was the thing cause it'd be so hard to get past like 
the FDA to just be adding. Depends on how conspiratorial we want to be. I mean, yes, but I mean, it's literally made Shiny of sodas, plastic Ryan. and metal. And like, if people were adding it to food, that would be outrageous. And the FDA well, would be able to test for that so easily. You know, this would be outrageous. Crack cocaine. I mean, that's not sanctioned by the <laughs> FDA in any way, shape, or form. So I'm not sure what the what the overlap is there. But anyway, um, they, they dismissed some things outright that I don't know should have been dismissed outright. Yeah. But the boat one made a lot of sense. They talked to one manufacturer who said at one point, I want to say they were buying like 30 10-gallon drums of glitter a week. Boats are big. Boats Makes are sense. big. And so, I mean, if you're selling 300 gallons of glitter a week to one manufacturer, that's, I mean... It's a lot of shiny shit. It's a fuckload of shit. Yeah, all right. Anyway. I buy it. But thanks for weighing in. Yeah. Soda. So person. I forgot that person's name already. Sparkly Poos. Wouldn't we have Sparkly Poos if it was in soda? We'd for sure have Sparkly Poos. God, that'd be cool. Would it? Yeah. <laughs> Is that really what you're looking for? Yes, absolutely. People would poo in public more often, and we don't want that. <laughs> They'd want to show off how sparkly their poo just, is instead of keeping it to themselves. Just post that on my Instagram story more often. We've hit a new low. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, you want to talk about weird shit in the ocean? For sure. Okay. How, how about the Baltic Sea Anomaly? Let's do it's this. really fun to say. Baltic Sea Anomaly. Baltic yeah. Sea Anomaly. Uh, short version. There's a group of Swedish treasure hunters. Which, can I just, can I literally supplant my life right now and go well, be a Swedish treasure hunter because this is so cool. You would fit right in in Sweden, first of all. Thank you. Everyone, <laughs> everyone speaks English. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be that hard of a, an adaptation for you. Yes. And these guys specifically hunt shipwrecks with large quantities of booze on them. So I'm literally... I feel like it's basically your calling. It's, I literally am in the wrong yeah. world. Uh, for right. example... Don't tell my brand new wife that I'm moving to Sweden to go hunt booze. She could come with. It's true. She'd love it. She she could be Nordic. Yeah. Not really. <laughs> She's quite Jewish, but well, I'm sure they got Jews in Sweden. Of course they do. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. All right. She's coming. Uh, We're all going. <laughs> Fuck it. You guys I, come too. We'll I'm all act- go hunt treasure. I'm actually like a quarter Swedish, so I feel like all right, dude. It's natural. Maybe I'll, I'll drink ancient booze from the bottom of the ocean. I'd love nothing more. In 1998, this, the group is called Ocean X. And in 1998, they found a shipwreck with 2,400 bottles of champagne from 1907 mm. sealed in this shipwreck at the bottom of the ocean. And those bottles ended up selling at auction for $2,800 per bottle. Weren't there only a certain number that were salvageable enough to actually drink and sell at auction? I believe they sold 2400 Really? Yeah. Jesus. I don't think... I tried to do some research about how long stuff lasts, and unless being at the bottom of the ocean significantly changes the life expectancy of champagne, none of it would have been drinkable. It champagne was, does not last 100 plus years normally. It was drinkable. I don't know how or why, but it was. Is it like because of... Being dark or cold? Or? I think it's both. Okay. I think it's the temperature and the lack of light to spoil whatever's in there that actually preserves it. Because normally champagne doesn't last more than like 10 to 15 years is what I could find. Sure. I, I can't see them wanting to get it and sell it for those types of prices if it was undrinkable. I just feel like it would be significantly less valuable to like collectors Yeah, if there wasn't an actual like... um you know, a consumption element to it, I guess. Did you see, by the way, just a quick aside about these fucking guys. Did you see that they sold them for what? How much did you say they sold them for a bottle? It was, uh, 2,800 per bottle, $2,800 per bottle times 2,400 bottles. Yeah. Did you see that now because of their rarity collectors buy them for 21,000 Euro a piece? Just like what's the euro at these days? It's like that's like one one point two or something. It's closer to like twenty five thousand dollars, I think. Damn. It's yeah, it's still more than a dollar, right? Uh one point one US dollars these days. Got it. So yeah, about twenty five. That's twenty five ish. 
So twenty five thousand dollars a bottle, something. Yeah. Would you not have just like you should have auctioned a hundred bottles, made them super rare, and then been like, cool, cool, well, cool. Now that these no. are very expensive, I threw my phone across the room. What's uh, <laughs> what's twenty four hundred times twenty eight hundred? That's got to be a pretty fucking big number still. Mm, let me see. Mm, that is uh, six million seven hundred and twenty thousand. That's pretty okay. Yeah, but if you sold twenty four hundred bottles for twenty five thousand dollars a piece, well, they auctioned them. Obviously, they didn't know or weren't able to get twenty five thousand dollars a piece. Sixty million dollars. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Also, this is nineteen ninety eight dollars, so six million went a lot farther in ninety eight than Preach. it does in two thousand seventeen. They're probably doing fine. Anyway, I, so these guys, um, there's a great inter- introduction to this topic in the form of a documentary about this uh, Ocean X team that's available for free on YouTube and I will link to in our show notes. It's called The Mystery Beneath. It is. So these guys, uh, while looking for a different shipwreck, because there are an estimated 100,000 plus shipwrecks in the Baltic Sea. Yeah, and the reason being that it was like a primary shipping route for basically all of human existence, yeah. but then also it was highly contested water in both World War One and World War Two. So a bunch of marine vessels, shipping vessels, military vessels all got sunk during those war periods and then also in war periods throughout history and then also just because fucking sailing is dangerous, particularly a thousand or more years ago. And on top of that, uh, the water there, which is, I guess, particularly briny yes. because there's a bunch of fresh water that gets dumped into it on a regular basis. Yes. Um, shipwrecks are preserved better than they would be in most other places. Yeah. They just recently, I had this actually for a Patreon story and we've never covered it, but they just, uh, they just discovered a ship in the Baltic sea that they're considering the best preserved ship in like the history of shipwrecks from I think like 1620 or something like that. Hmm. And the footage of like the ROV cameras at the bottom of the ocean, the footage is incredible. It looks like it's out of a movie. It's so pristine. The masts are still intact. The cannons are still coming out of the whatever portholes, the bread holes, the bread holes. It just looks it's shocking how perfectly preserved this ship is. If you're ever in Stockholm, there is a ship, uh, a Swedish warship called the Vasser that was pulled out of the, the Baltic sea, like entirely intact. Crazy. And, and they've rebuilt it inside a museum in Stockholm and you can walk all the way around it. You can actually walk through it. Oh, you can like be on it or yeah. in it. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, so yeah. crazy. We did it when we were there, uh, last year. And, I was skeptical of going to a museum that is entirely about one boat, <laughs> and it was absolutely worth it. We spent like four hours in there and oh, had, had a blast. Dude, that's so cool. It's incredible. It looks like it's brand new, and obviously they've done a bunch of restoration and reassembled it in, in this new location. But right, but still, it came from the bottom of the ocean in, at some point. It's amazing, and it's like structurally sound, too. You know, like thousands of people walk on it every day, yeah. and it's amazing. That's sick. Uh, the scale is crazy, too, having obviously never been on a large vessel yeah 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 it, i i just didn't realize how big even like relatively small ships are sure um to not get you know completely destroyed as soon as you hit open ocean right right or hit the bottom of the ocean for that matter when it comes well, to these guys and their right. pursuits this one it made it like something stupid like 10 miles off the coast on its first voyage before it before it sank that's so it was brand new when it sank too which probably helps that guy got fired (laughs) i don't yeah i don't remember what i did a bad job of being a student that day i don't remember what caused it to sink but it just it just slowly for all 10 miles it just lost an inch after inch hey did we put the bottom on Oh, God damn it. <laughs> oh, man. If we make it back to shore, I'm going to kill Dave. <laughs> Dave no, it's not week. funny because a bunch of people died, but oh, sorry. they're like 400 years old now, so All they right. can't hear us. They can't hear us. <laughs> um, but Peter Lindbergh and Dennis Asberg, the partners in Ocean X, uh, this is the type of shit they look for. They look for 
They look for boats in the bottom of the ocean to salvage, primarily for booze, but they'll take anything they can find. Yeah. Because they're, A, it they're funds, treasure hunters. Yeah, they're literal treasure hunters, self-proclaimed. Uh, it funds further adventures and ventures, and also it funds their lifestyles and their fucking jobs. Sometimes I feel like pretty good about the shit that I get to do for a job on a day-to-day basis, you know, like yeah, make beats and talk about aliens and shit. Like, yeah, with our friends and like, yeah. It's going pretty well. And then I realized that there are people out there making millions of dollars being treasure hunters. And you're like, oh, we fucked up. I, I done goofed. We fucked up. Also, I have none of the skills that they do and would never, ever dive to the bottom of the ocean because that shit's scary. Yeah, fuck that. But, uh, Peter Lindbergh is a 20-year diver, so he's been doing that exact scary shit for 20-plus years. And Dennis Asberg... Not me, motherfucker! Yeah, for sure. And Dennis Asberg is a self-proclaimed explorer, which is awesome. And, and he also founded, definitely not me. Yeah, and he founded Ocean X as a project to be doing more of this stuff um, out of Sweden. So you're right. They were looking for another ship that they were going to try to salvage from. And the main way that they try to find these things is by using... Uh, Sonar, right? Radar? Mm -hmm. Sonar. 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 Sound. Bouncing off of things. Yeah, they basically shoot sound down at the bottom of the, uh, well, sea below them and use the readings that come back to them to identify shapes. And then they go uh, further down with ROVs and then with humans to to figure out what those... If they go down with dolphins? No, that's how dolphins get around. They, they use ride sonar. the dolphins Correct. to the bottom of the ocean. Don't dolphins use sonar, or is that bats? Um, or is it both? I think it's both. I think both. Good talk, self. I think it's both. <laughs> I think bats chirp and dolphins scream. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I'm gonna buy my kid. I'm gonna buy my kid, my future kid, a uh, dolphin. <laughs> A dolphin. No, I'm going to buy him one of the, you know, those like little windy things that like the lion says, rawr. <laughs> the cow says, but it's going to be like, the dolphin says, <laughs> but that's going to be that for every animal. The frog says, <laughs> they don't though. What? Frogs don't scream. Only sonar animals scream. No, every, just everybody. Underwater sonar nope, animals. Everyone screams. Whenever a dolphin surfaces, you just hear it like, <laughs> <laughs> That's actually if you get close enough at SeaWorld when they Stick do the backflips in the tank. Yeah. <laughs> they come out doing backflips and they're just ah! The ocean is just loud as shit. It's just screaming sea animals at all times. <laughs> anyway, so So they're they're going around on this ship one day looking for shipwrecks, and one of the guys literally says, quote, Hey guys, we have a UFO. That was his initial reaction to what he was seeing in the bottom of the ocean, which for sure taints this entire story, but also is, I guess, valid-ish to an extent. If that's your first reaction, I think that's meaningful. Also, if you see see the images that they saw first, I don't blame them. It's basically the Millennium Falcon on the bottom of the ocean. Hey, man! We gotta do some shout outs. Okay. Or shout out singular because we got a shout out this week. Shout that shit out though. A shout out this week is from Kristen. Kristen from Dundee, Michigan. Kristen says, Are you looking for the Perfect True Crime podcast for your drive to work? Sure. Well, look no further than she sleuths. It's a true crime podcast with a side of comedy. Hey, we know how about that goes. I fuck with the concept. Uh, It's host Kristen and Amy, and they take you through compelling true crime cases with a witty side of banter. So check out the new hit true crime podcast, She Sleuths, available now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you love to listen. Or you can visit SheSleuths.com. Listen to She Sleuths. True Crime Podcast today. Go get some. All right, y'all. Back to your regularly scheduled program. Wet rocks. So let's talk about it. Let's. Um, Via sonar in their original search, the Ocean X team found what is now commonly referred to as the Baltic Sea Anomaly. It is a formation 
in the bottom of the Baltic Sea, hypothesized to be around 140,000 years old. Where does that number come from? Uh, I believe it comes from, well, we'll get to where that comes from. Okay. Because it relates to some things that are found out later on. Um, But this formation sits at a depth of 300 feet in the Baltic Sea. Mm-hmm. So not so far down. I mean, far down, but not like... You as, can dive to it. Yeah. Far, not as far as like that's at the bottom of the ocean type things. Um, it measures... They were able to suss this out from sonar roughly eight feet high and about 180 to 200 feet across. Yeah, it's it's mostly round. It is circular, yep, in nature. But there is... Um, I would describe it as odd geometry. There's some on and around hard angles and straight lines happening as well as like some additional circular lines, uh, beyond like the circular nature of the entire object. There's also a trail extending behind it or out from one direction. Yeah. As if it, has, it looks as if it's been like dragged across the bottom of the ocean. They refer to it as a sea track at one Ooh, point. It makes sense. Uh, and it is roughly, f- uh, where do I have it? It is 1500, no, not sorry, 900 to 1000 feet long. The track itself is. Okay. So the about track- five times. The length of this actual object. Yes. Okay. The track, where the track begins also, it appears that the track starts as if there was a mound in the bottom of the ocean. The track appears to start as if it cleaved that mound and then moves towards where the, uh, towards the anomaly itself lies. Right. So it looks as if, and people speculated that it might be something that like crashed, so to speak, split this, whatever this other like rock formation is at the bottom of the ocean and then skidded to a halt a thousand feet later. Where it is. Yeah. And if you look at the, actually there's a great three dimensional image of this view if you actually watched the documentary itself to the very end and i encourage you to because it's if if you're interested in this you'll find the documentary itself interesting as far as free docs go it's pretty good it's pretty good yeah and uh yeah there's at the end they show you a three-dimensional image of what the whole layout of this area looks like because in their further investigations they continue taking sonar mapping readings and bringing them back to be compiled into a singular you know, image or reading. Mm-hmm. Um, the other piece of the anomaly. So we have like the, the sort of mound that is split by this track that leads to the anomaly. And then there is what they refer to as a, like a secondary anomaly. That's about 200 feet away from the main one. Mm-hmm. And it has a couple of strange features. They refer to as um, arches, it has like arch-like characteristics to it. Um, and some have also hypothesized that like if the anomaly itself, the primary anomaly is an entity, is it possible that this is like a piece of it that... Like a living entity? No. <clears throat> no, excuse me, but like a... An like object. A, a real object that is not some sort of natural man-made thing. Is it possible that this secondary anomaly is like a piece that broke off of the main one? When it crashed... In uh, in, yeah, yeah, in right, mega right, right. allegedly quotes yes. when it crashed. Um, there's some other, I guess, interesting anomalies that are worth talking about with the uh, with the primary anomaly itself, the one that the Ocean X team found. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, and I I don't I don't think this is talked about maybe enough in it, and it actually is one of the things that makes the most sense to me is, and and actually you do get kind of a dose of it in the documentary itself. But when, when the guys on the boat are seeing, excuse me, sorry, this thing for the first time, 
these guys, a lot of these dudes are like train divers, ocean explorers. They've been on hundreds, if not shipwrecks for a living. Right. I mean, one of the guys literally who's one of the divers in the in the documentary says he's literally done 6,000 dives in his lifetime. Is that the, the old dude? Yeah. Yeah. Also, man, just about the documentary real quick. What a fucking motley crew. What a squad. Of, of old ass Swedes. Oh, what a squad, dude. Yeah. Great squad. Strong squad. Love it. This one guy who who does a dive down to the anomaly in the documentary says he's he's done dives in the ocean or in seas 6,000 times in his life. Like, I don't know what I've done 6,000 times, but that motherfucker's gone diving 6,000 times in his life. Right. And he himself is like, I've never seen anything like that. Like, via sonar, like, Mm -hmm. never seen anything like it. And Yeah, so, just real quick. Yeah. They saw it once when they were on another... Voyage looking for another shipwreck. Yes. They're based in Stockholm. They went back to Stockholm and raised enough money over the course of a couple of years because to, to do a second expedition out to this anomaly. They record the coordinates, didn't share them with anyone because they thought like either this is something weird or this is a shipwreck that no one knows about. Either way, we should maybe keep this quiet for for a while. Right. Raise some money to go back and figure out what it actually is and so right. a couple of years later i think in 2012 they went back 2011 i think 2011 yeah. and actually dove down to it right. so they found it a second time based on the coordinates that they recorded the first time and organized well, i think just one initially dive down to it yes okay and totally and and one of the things even though they didn't they didn't talk about it the photos that they took of the sonar they did allow out as a way to help them raise money around what it was. They just didn't tell anybody where it was. (laughs) Right. So they had the sonar images and said, decided to go public with it in an effort to raise money to go back. Right. Kept the coordinates private. Right. Eventually raised enough money sort of through, and that's, this is where the whole like, holy shit, is it a UFO? Like narrative came out because they kind of leaned into it in attempt, in an attempt to get publicity about this story right? to raise money so that they could go back and actually figure out what it is. Right. And it worked because there were news stories around the globe around this thing when it happened, particularly because, and again, like you're going to need to click the link in the show episode or go Google it when you're not driving. But like... You're talking about the documentary? No. Or to see images? See, like look at the images. Like the images are, I would say, compelling in their own right. To a degree. Yeah. They're, so what they put, just to clarify, what they put yes. out there the first time were not photographs, they were the sonar images. Yeah, sorry. Right? Sonar imaging yeah. okay. from from like vertically above yep. the uh, the object itself. Yep. Um, there are, so there are some additional anomalies I feel like we should probably talk about. About the, or... Anomalies, weird, weird things about the quote-unquote anomaly. anomaly. Yeah, yeah. Weird things about the weird thing that we should probably discuss. Anomalies on anomalies wrapped in enigmas. Yes. 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 Um, there were reports of a handful of things. One, uh, colder than average temperatures near the anomaly itself. And that was recorded during the dive that OceanX did, correct? Uh, yes. So I think the actual difference was, I have it somewhere in my notes, yeah, the water, like the average temperature in that part of the ocean at that depth was about seven degrees Celsius, and it was about negative one, like at the surface of this object. Sure. So an eight degree difference in temperature relative to the surrounding area. Which is, uh, yeah, which is which is interesting. As a non-informed person seems significant. Totally. Oh, and I didn't actually, I didn't, we, we kind of went down a, a slight side path there and I didn't finish that one thought about the thing that I felt like was not necessarily discussed enough. I did mention that the one guy was like, I've never seen anything like it. But I think one of the most important things of the anomaly itself is in the context of the Baltic Sea floor in the area, mm-hmm. It nothing else looks like that. Right, so if, it's if relatively smooth or like uh, homogenous. yeah around this anomaly. Right. So so the 
it's not an argument to be made, but the but the conversation I think becomes interesting because people go, why is that there? If if whatever natural processes are happening on the ocean floor are happening, something different happened here. Something different happened here because it's it's very obviously via sonar completely different than everything else around it. And then it was confirmed by actually diving down to it. That it is, in fact, extremely Unique. oddly shaped mm-hmm. and for all these reasons. Um, one one thing that we should maybe say up front about this dive, yes. though, is that they did confirm that this is this object, this anomaly, whatever, is rock. Well, It's, it's not metallic. It's not. But, but not, but not, though. Not necessarily, though. How so? I feel like we have to get there. All right, go ahead. Okay, there's a couple other there's a couple other uh, weird things about the weird thing we should talk about. So it's the colder than average temperatures. <laughs> Sorry, new, uh, new spinoff podcast. The weird, weird, thing weird things about, weird about things. the weird thing. Yeah, thing. I mean that could be just the description of ours. You know, the weird thing about weird things. Um, there were reports of their sat phone that they used when they were in the boat not working when they were near it. Yeah. There were reports of a strong radio signal that was picked up near, but not necessarily emanating from the object. Okay. Uh, there. Is this all coming from the Ocean X team? No, this is just in the, all the surrounding readings. Okay. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know specifically <laughs> where this one came from. No, these, I, these coordinates I are still not public, correct? Correct. They they own them. Yeah. Well, they don't own them, well, but they own them. They have not shared. They them. have not shared them. Um. They the the dive team did report electrical problems on dive devices. That came from them specifically. Okay. Um, there was also a a recording of radioactivity in the area, but I don't know anything enough about radioactivity to know whether that's natural possibly normal or, or natural or whatever. Also, all this stuff you're just like taking someone's word. We don't have actual data on yes. any of this, correct? Yes. Yes. Um, as, as it usually goes here. <laughs> right. As our breath and fuckery takes us. If there were actually data on things, we wouldn't be talking about them here. Uh, right. There's also the element that they discussed on the documentary that um, when you touched or like moved the silt on the anomaly itself, it turned black. And they referred to the, wait, the the silt did or the anomaly did the, like the structure or like physical entity itself turned black like underneath it as in like if you moved the top layer of what had settled on it it seemed like there was something black underneath it. Oh, okay. They so refer- not like it turned black, but you were maybe revealing a a blackness beneath layer. it. Yeah, okay. which they referred to as burned stones. Okay. There are other physical elements of this thing specifically that we haven't exactly talked about. So um, there is uh, there's something called uh, the corner, which is straight up like in the ROV imagery from the ROV dive that they did. There is a shot that you can find that straight up looks like a 90 degree three dimensional corner like it looks i mean it like mm. i can like i have a screen of it in front of me it looks like a corner of a box yeah straight up which we know like doesn't really happen in nature at the scales that this thing is at i mean yes and no yes and no but like not at the scales this thing is at there's another one um where they call it the the merengue which i don't know ferengi M-E-R-A-N-G-I-E. I don't know what... Mm. I, I Googled that term. It didn't turn anything up. Maybe like, that's a Swedish word for something. Like I don't know. half pie and half quark. <laughs> it's a Star Trek joke. Don't worry about okay, it. Okay. I was like, that's nah, over my head. Um, but it's a it's a dome. I mean, and like the image from, again, from the ROV, it is very like smooth and dome-like, almost perfectly circular in nature when you see it. Um, there's also just the hole, which is about you 20 hole or hull hole this time. <laughs> hole. Okay. Hole is in the whole pie. Mm-hmm. Um, Brett Hall's holes. Put it on the list. I'd rather not. <laughs> I would rather not. Uh, it's 25 centimeters across and is essentially a perfectly circular hole that almost looks like it was bored into the surface of, uh, 
of the anomaly itself. So here's a question for our scientist listeners. Dear scientists. How, I, I think there's a, uh, a tendency in this world of ambiguity that we deal in here on, on the show. Yes. To assume that like things like right angles, straight lines, circles, circles spheres, spheres, yep. Don't occur naturally in our world. Yes. Uh, part of my brain also says that has to be false. Like, I, w- I would love clarification from someone. someone smarter than us about the actual rarity of some of those shapes in nature. It's hi at whatifpodcast.com or yeah. 612-246-4614 if you want to be one of those people that are significantly smarter than us, which is probably all of you. Because when this is going to be a really dumb take, but whatever. Part of me, when you say something like, oh, there's this circle that looks like it was bored into this thing and like... Isn't that weird? Part of me is like, yeah, that is fucking weird. Why would that happen naturally? Yep. Things aren't like circular or spherical in nature. Yep. And then the other half of me is like, dude, I ate so many blueberries the other day and all of them were spheres. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> or you and I were in northern Minnesota at my bachelor party down by a river where there were like perfectly circular boreholes in a bunch of the river rock in yeah, northern Minnesota. And if you put droplets of water onto a hard surface, they form circles and sure uh i don't know i this is I, obviously a, a very dumbed down version no, of a human being thinking but. i get what <laughs> i get what you're saying conceptually i for sure do i think the for me i just don't know what to make out of statements like that like for sure they're and they're always presented in a way like oh isn't this weird i'm like i don't know is it weird like i need more information i totally i think the I think the argument, and I'm not necessarily saying I'm even making this argument, but I'm saying the argument related to the Baltic Sea anomaly specifically, I think, is if even if that is a thing that's naturally occurring, it's kind of a lot of very specific naturally occurring geometry to happen all in one very specific centralized place well, that, that is not came, happening anywhere around it. Unless that object came from somewhere else, which it appears that maybe it has because of the trail behind it oh we going straight to it bro let's go let's go i think that's possible without this being a man-made or alien-made object like glaciers are things that move large objects over time right but i guess sure i guess the argument though that i'm maybe trying to get across is like to have a board hole and a spherical dome and a right angle corner piece and like a like a 90 or 180 degree geometric cut line across this whole thing all in one sort of 180 foot disc is disproportionately strange whether or not it's possible for those things to happen naturally in like any situation. There's also uh, the fact that the sonar imaging has been called into question in terms of its accuracy and if it was properly calibrated and all that. Or whether or not there was some uh, Photoshop assistance done to maybe like bumping contrast well, or I mean, if you Google changing Balt- clarity or... If you Google Baltic Sea Anomaly, you will see everything from the actual sonar imaging to... Hella fan art. Yeah. Hella fan art. To straight up fictionalized artist yes. rendition versions yes. and everything in between. A hundred percent. But I'm just saying even with the original untouched image... Some people who know more about sonar than I do have said, like, this was not calibrated correctly, and some of what you're seeing are essentially artifacts of it not being calibrated correctly. Interesting. And so, especially when we're talking about, like, hard lines or right angles, I, I don't know enough to say, like, is that actually the object itself, or are we seeing some sort of Readings. artifact or distortion or uh, interference in sure. the actual image. Sure. Readings uh readings being misconstrued as something that is not actually visible down there. Yeah. It's and it's impossible to know because only like five people actually know where this thing is and only two people have seen it with their own eyes. Yeah, and the things and the things that we have which, you know, you can also uh you can either look up or, you know, we don't want to crowd the notes with too many links, but um there is actual ROV footage from 
the anomaly itself where they sent the ROV down to go explore. It's mostly pretty crappy because there is a lot of silt that's getting kicked up by the ROV when it's down there. Pretty low visibility. Yeah, even the diver footage that they show in the documentary itself is low visibility. It's hard to see exactly what they're seeing. You can for sure see very smooth surfaces, very like rounded surfaces. You can see lines, but there are very slight glimpses, and it's very... Um, there's not a good way to like visualize the whole thing. In defense of this maybe being something weird, one of those people who has actually seen it with their own eyes, the diver that we were talking about earlier, whose name I don't remember. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, said at one point after... So in the the documentary covers the their second voyage out to this family right. and back, right. including the dive down to it. It was the, it was part of the, we raised money and we're going to go back to it and we mm-hmm. want to document going back to it and seeing what we see. So they dove down to it and they had, I don't know, like 20 minutes or something at the bottom with this thing yep. before they had to ascend. Yep. And they took a couple samples of the actual rock. Um, and then in the documentary, they talked to the diver or was it divers? I think was it two of them that two went guys. down. Yeah, two guys went down. Um, about what they saw and like just sort of speculating about like what is this thing? Have you seen anything like this before, et cetera? And one of the divers says, quote, You see, like when you when he got down there, you see what you think is a rock, and when you get closer, it's more like concrete. It's like someone molded it before it turned into stone. It's a cool line. It's an interesting line. So I I'm still kind of, kind of caught up on like what is the actual substance. Well so and because the, if we're talking about UFOs, you don't make UFOs out of rocks or concrete, right? And that goes or, back Well, we don't know what UFOs are. We wouldn't make anything that would travel any amount of distance out of rock or concrete. Yes. So is this a structure? Is this of some kind? Is this a natural formation? I guess I'm I'm more looking at that angle, but then you also have the like, well, this thing appears to have moved across the ocean floor at one point. Right. So what the fuck is that? And so, then molding and concrete were not things that existed when this object seems to have existed. existed. There is also for sure. So there's also a thing that you alluded to earlier and I and I pushed you off until now-ish, which is that um, the rock samples that they did bring back were determined to be volcanic in nature. Mm, Some of them. Some of them. And I believe it was the, the, the samples that they took from the top layer. Is that right? I don't. Well, they didn't get much past the top layer, which is kind of how the documentary ends is in them saying we need to go back another time and do a core drilling of this entire thing. We need to go basically, basically we need to go down to it and then we need to go into it, like deep into it. And if we get deep enough into it, we can actually do a core sample of this entire thing and then we can go what the fuck is it, to your point, made out of? Is there an outer layer of molten black volcanic rock? But is there something hardened? Right. Yeah. Or if a fucking I mean, again, this is gonna sound stupid. (laughs) Fucking but if a fucking meteorite crashes down, like are is there, you know, burnt up quote unquote volcanic rock on the outside of it when it re-enters something that got the heated planet. in the atmosphere and then yeah. cooled quickly when it hit the ocean. Exactly. And then yeah. is there like, you know, asteroid or meteorite like metals inside of it if you core drill deep enough? Yeah. Like I think those things are possible, but they don't have the money to go back and go get that thing. Well, and it's it's weird too because to them as treasure hunters, it's not valuable. Right? They've established in the traditional sense of what they do. Sure. They're not going to pull anything out. Of, it's not a shipwreck that they can take things out of and sell, which is basically their business model. And it becomes more at that point of like a scientific, a scientific discovery, yeah. which they're like, not well, in the business of. are we going to raise money to go do scientific discovery? We're not really qualified even to do scientific right. discovery. I think if, they'd be better off handing those coordinates over to someone who is and sure. has a different type of funding. Right. 
Now, if they maybe like uncovered interstellar metals of some value, like maybe that's it's of worth. But small object, though. Yeah, but they're not like. And you'd have to still mine it from the bottom of the ocean. Like, right. I don't, I don't think that would probably be worth it. Though I gotta say, like the thing about the core sample being expensive, that I like. I mean, I definitely understand, but I don't necessarily fully understand is like we drill oil wells in way deeper water on like a fucking daily basis, basically. Like it doesn't seem like it would be that makes billions of dollars for people for sure. I'm just saying it's not necessarily like it wouldn't be impossible to get that. No, you just have to convince somebody that it's worth their time and money and it it wouldn't be cheap or quick. Right. But also, and you're probably not getting. Most likely, you're not making any money off of this thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I, I guess there's not like a great way to monetize it other than like you know what, whatever you can monetize a great scientific discovery with. Which but we're is not sure not. that it is. I mean, it might no, just be no. a rock on the bottom of the ocean of which there are billions. Well, and, and this other, one just looks weirder on sonar than some other ones. And, and the other thing that's been hypothesized that I find really interesting and very plausible is one of the things that uh, happens at the bottom of the ocean a lot is there are there are fissures in the crust of the earth that come up into the ocean where volcanic rock can leak out. You know, there can be underwater lava that leaks until it stops in a lot of different places and it might be possible that wherever this place is and wherever volcanic rock comes up from under the ground like we don't know so one of the things we know or i know is not the right word but like one of the things that is true is that we don't know there to be volcanic rock in this area so which is why it's strange that there was volcanic rock discovered at all but it's possible that that was either brought there by a glacier, like dragged which, through the bottom of the ocean by a glacier. Which, to be clear, is the leading like scientific theory hypothesis. about yeah hypothesis about what's going on here and what yes. this thing is. But if there is some sort of like a puncture in the crust that leaked, you know, shit into this specific area and then plugged itself by its, you know, insta cooling when it hits the shit, like so we should dig it up and there's a portal underneath, is what you're saying. And then we'll all go to Mars. Or hell, or both. We'll get the alien demons. It's the same thing. Alien ocean demons. Honestly, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. That's where the uh, octopi have been leaking through from their world into ours. Oh, sure. And that's why they're all in the fucking ocean. This yeah. makes total sense now. Yeah. I do feel bad. I got to say, for Peter and Dennis, there is a there's a part at the end of the documentary that is kind of a bummer where they they really like... They want to know that I think I think they're at a point where like they have spent so much time on this and it is so anomalous and strange that they want to just they just want an answer, but they can't raise the money to go back and get an answer. And they've been treated in some ways as like con men because the UFO story took hold in like the collective consciousness of you know, people absorbing the story, people saw the image and said, looks like a UFO. And so now people think that these two guys are saying there's a UFO at the bottom of the ocean, give us money. And what they're really saying but is I like, I mean, they also did basically do that. They, I think they probably allowed that to happen early on, but like, they're not continuing to claim there is an interstellar thing at the bottom of the ocean. They're saying we no. discovered this has volcanic rock in it. We are trying to figure out what's beneath the volcanic rock that we brought back, but we need money to be able to figure out what that thing is. I'm, I guess I'm just saying they went the let's put this into the press angle. Sure. They allowed it to happen. And then at that point, it was out of their hands. And they like, they initially put the UFO slash doesn't this look like a UFO slash isn't this weird narrative into, into their the own world. story. And then also allowed it to be handed off to the rest of the world. Sure. I just so, think... Yeah, I feel you, but also they, they could have made different choices themselves. that wouldn't have resulted in that. For sure. But I, 
agree with you, but regardless of that, they don't deserve to be getting what apparently at the end of the documentary are death threats. Well, no, no one about, does, obviously. About being con men and people like literally going, it'd be a shame if something happened to your children. Yeah, like, yeah that, that shit is fucked. That shit's outrageous, yeah. and it, but it's people who are literally pegging them as your con men who are trying to convince the world that there's a UFO in the bottom of the ocean and that's not real. And like people who've hit them up and said it's a portal to hell and it's a trap by the devil and like all kinds of wild shit. People get mad about. Unbelievable. Will forever fascinate me. Unbelievable. Who in the fuck cares if some Swedish guys take their boat out to look at a rock? How could that possibly make you mad? And if you're fucking rich and you want to give them money to go look at that rock some more, who the fuck are you to tell those people not to give them their their money you, to go ins- look at that rock? Instead of some sending someone a death threat, you could just close the tab in your browser. You could just fuck off <laughs> for a but hot it's like second. It, you could click your mouse once and never have to think about that again. And instead, you're going to threaten someone's child's life. Yeah. It's unbelievable. This it's has been truly, a fun episode. It's truly unbelievable. <laughs> no, no, no. That is not... I don't, there are definitely aliens at the bottom of the ocean, though. Let's go find them. That is not the moral of the story. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's more so... It's unfortunate that for them, this thing has become an entirely different a thing. It's this burden that they, that they have to carry now, and... They don't have the, you know, the wherewithal or the finances to be able to, you know, continue seeking through to an answer. Yeah. And and when I when I brought up the point about like the oil drilling thing, it's like, yes, it would be expensive. No, it would not be necessarily all that profitable. But there's gotta be some dumb fucking billionaire out there. Like fucking Bobby Maybe. Bobby fucking Bobby uh, Big Stacks. Bobby Big Stacks. Like, why can't why can't Robert Bigelow go Here's fucking, here's $8 million. I mean, we don't know that he hasn't looked into it. Uh, we don't, but I'm just saying, like, it just seems like it would be hard to find, but not that hard to find to really drill into this thing and be like, do we have evidence of a volcano that we never knew from earlier on? Do we have evidence of glacial migration that we didn't know ever existed? Do we have we- evidence of a meteorite from another fucking universe where there's like, data that we can glean from the chemical makeup of whatever is like underneath this thing. I mean, the answer might also be that people who know about those things have looked at this and said, it's probably none of those things and we don't care. Yeah. And that's definitely possible. I also think it's possible too, that it got so hot with a storyline that is not attractive to a lot of professional organizations that a lot of people were like, don't want to touch it with a 10 foot pole. For sure. And then very legitimate companies or, or NGOs or organizations that could get into something like this and have the finances and the resources to do so are, you know, an arm's length away from it because, well, it's aliens or, oh, they said UFOs once because it kind of looks like the Millennium Falcon and it fucking does, you yeah. know, like, yeah. and so they, you know, they do it a disservice from a scientific perspective because at one point it got ballooned into a thing that it, like probably isn't, it's and probably are, not a crash landed fucking UFO. And there are an infinite number of other interesting things to spend your science dollars and resources on. So you're going to be like, let's let the alien Ocean X guys yeah. Do their thing and we'll go over here. Yeah. But I wish they didn't and I wish they wouldn't because I do think, you know, with with all of the anomalous characteristics around it, whether you choose to believe the kind of further out ones about sat phones not working or not, I don't really care. But like Yeah, that anecdotal stuff doesn't do a whole it lot. It doesn't for me. do a whole lot for me either. But there's enough, I think, just from the visuals and from the people who've seen it and from the people who are oceanographers and like are trained in seeing the ocean floor and like enough anomalies just straight up and going like if this thing is really old, oh, by the way, to answer that question, the 140,000 years number comes from the carbon dating analysis of the volcanic rock that they brought back from the top piece right. of it. Which sounds weird if you say it's 140,000 years old, but then if you just say there's a 140,000 year old rock at the bottom of the ocean, it's not weird at all. Right, right, <laughs> right. But but attached to all of this like kind of weirdly anomalous geography or geometry or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It, Maybe it becomes slightly more like, huh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. 
So I don't know. I, I my my guess is it's either natural from like a man made perspective, not a man made perspective. Excuse me, from like a planet made perspective, mm-hmm. like it's a volcanic rock, it's shifting rock, it's glacial like yanking in a direction, glacial or, yanking, or maybe it is glacial yanking. Put it on the list, uh, or it is like a fucking meteorite or a giant asteroid crashed into the ocean at such a velocity that it maybe did like you know I mean three hundred feet for there something would be an impact crater though yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, could something be the right size where it would like when it hit the the water, it yeah, would I guess be I enough. Don't know the, the physics of that. I mean, if it was the right size and it hit the water at the right velocity, I would imagine it could do some damage to the ocean floor without necessarily cratering out the ocean floor. I don't know. I'm not smart. Not enough. a physicist. The point I guess I'm trying to make is like it seems like it's probably something that nature made but i still think is anomalous enough for us to investigate and go what did make it because it seems interesting enough to do that god did it duh don't don't you dare how dare you how dare you try to end an episode by saying god did it that is not what we're here for 50 episodes that's a new one i think oh god i quit um, hey, we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Thanks for being here. Uh, if you want to leave us a voicemail at 612-246-4614. If you want to send us an email, it's hi at whatifpodcast.com. We do read every email. We don't respond to every email, but we read them all. Uh, if you want to buy a shout out on the show, we do little shout outs. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's only 50 bucks and we'll do a 30 second shout out on the show for you. Uh, you can do that at shop.whatifpodcast.com under the shout out section. There's also t-shirts and posters and a whole bunch of other cool shit. Uh, we do got a backlog of shout outs. So we'll read some of those pretty soon here. Um, there's also iTunes reviews. They help the show out a lot. Go leave us a review on iTunes. When we get Hell to 500 yeah. reviews, we'll, uh, we'll do another live episode. We're, we're coming up on 500 reviews on iTunes. We'll, uh, we'll do another live episode on our Facebooks. Uh, there's a Facebook group. That's pretty fun. Uh, there's a subreddit. Some folks are active in the subreddit. Okay. Okay. Got okay, a, okay. 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 We, we got, got another show next week. Five bucks every month. You get an extra episode every week. We love you. Bye.